Welcome back to episode four of CJ Sports. We're recording on Monday, May 10th. And today we've got a full slate ahead of us. We're going to go over some of our favorites to ever wear the jersey number one. And we're also going to talk about if there was any rule we could add or remove to any professional sport, what rule would it be and why? So I'm going to get us kicked off here with number ones. So first of all, um, I'm just going to mention this guy because, one, he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and two, he played back in the era where they had those really cool, like, goalie masks that looked like they were about to kill you. Um, <laughs> so, number one for the Pittsburgh Penguins from the years 1973 to 1986 was Dennis Herron. Um, he was... A two-time trophy winner, one of the Williams and Jennings Trophy and the Vinza Trophy winner. Um, he had over 8,000 saves in his career. Okay. Okay. So, not a bad career. Not a bad career. Um, unfortunately, he played right before our streak of winning Stanley Cups finally kicked in for the last 25 years. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you miss it. Next up, I just want to throw some love on those kickers in the NFL who, you know, sometimes just go forgotten. And so these low numbers are a good chance to point them out. But I just don't know that a kicker is ever going to be number one on a list of wearing a jersey number. Um, but Jason sure. Elam out there at the Denver Broncos played from 93 to 2009. Hmm. He had 263 games played. 436 made field goals and 675 made extra points. He won two Super Bowls, went to three Pro Bowls, and was a three-time second-team All-Pro. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's some solid numbers. My number two player to everywhere, the number one, is football quarterback for the Houston Oilers. So we're throwing it back there. Oh, Warren yeah. Moon. Oh, dude. A legend. Yeah. A nine-time pro bowler, played 16 seasons from 84 to 2000. Hmm. You know, he, he barely missed the 50,000 yards passing club. That's, hey, golly, Warren, man, dude, you forget a guy like that. Some Like, randomly, you forget a guy like that played, and then you hear the name, and you're like, oh, man, how did I forget? Like, yeah. <sighs> Well, I think part of what hurts a guy like that is the fact that, like, his team doesn't exist anymore. Like, I know they're the Titans and whatever, but, like, you know, the Houston Oilers just, they don't exist. It's kind of like the Seattle Supersonics. We get 10 years from now, people are going to start forgetting about those players, even though technically they're the Oklahoma City Thunder now. That team doesn't exist anymore. True, yeah. Like, the last time I even thought about the Supersonics – was when I like rebooted my Sega Genesis and played <laughs> NBA Jam, and they're still on. Like Supersonics are still on it. So. Man, yeah. But even just think, that's 13 years ago now. Dang, that's crazy. Come nuts. June or July will be a 13 years since they announced the logo and the name. That's nuts. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Which means here in a couple of years we'll be at that. You know. 15th anniversary of or 10th anniversary of the Oklahoma City Thunder almost having a dynasty and then letting Harden get away. No, they no, <laughs> no, 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 
Okay. No. All right. So my number one to wear number one was an NBA player who played 1,040 games, averaged 25.7 points per game, nine and a half assists, and seven and a half rebounds. So just based on that, any idea who this guy was? Not at all. Not as not, not a clue. You gotta have to give me like a team. Um let's see. A team. How did I cut off what team he played for? Now I can't remember. Wow, unprofessional play. I know, I know. I came very unprepared. <laughs> but I'm sitting here looking at it. He was the rookie of the year in 1961. That does nothing for me. Okay, well, other than my failure to write down what team he played for, and I don't follow basketball well enough to, like, just Same. know that off the top of my head. Same. But when I was looking at stats for basketball players in that jersey number, some names that are just right there, almost mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. but still, like, six points per game less, two less rebounds per game, and, like, three or four assists less per game are players like Chris Bosh. Okay. He almost hit that. Derek Rose was okay. just shy of some of those marks. Mm -hmm. But the player's name is Oscar Robertson. He played in the league from 1961 to 1974. He was an NBA champion in 71. Okay. He was the NBA MVP in 64. 12-time All-Star. A three-time All-Star game MVP. Nine-time first-team NBA just really together a great career there in the NBA. And I think it's just something that sometimes we get so far removed from that era, mm -hmm. you know, because we're like 50 years past him taking the court at this point. Yeah. That we forget how much these guys actually really played and how well they played. We, you know, we're in the era of hearing about all these points going up. We have someone like Kevin Durant, who has made so many decisions in his career that he's almost forgettable at this point. Mm. Statistically, he's put up huge numbers. But right. you're also competing with LeBron James and Steph Curry and all these other guys right now in the NBA who just take center stage. Right. I'm yeah. looking up what team he played on since okay. clearly I forgot. Okay. Do you want me to move on and then you let me know? Oh man, this is embarrassing. What the Bucks? Who do you play for? You play the Bucks? for the Bucks. Okay. Why don't know the the team that you kind of only a little bit keep up with play? I keep up for the playoffs, which start next week. Yeah, well, you know, you should know that. So <laughs> um, all right, let's hear your list. All right, man. For my number five, I told you I had four before we started. I lied. I have one more. Um, okay. my number five, a dude that's like killing it right now on youtube and in the like sports football world of uh, media pat mcafee pat. pat mcafee you know punter slash like long distance kicker for the colts um at least before they got vinatieri um and what can i say dude's a legend like you can't think of really like when you think about like star punters in the last 10 years, Pat McAfee is one of the first guys that comes to my mind because he just did, like, the most ridiculous things on the football field. To his Dude, life. I, 
saying that, I think in post, I'm going to edit in that highlight of his where he covered his own onside kick. I'm just going to put it on loop. Over okay. Voice yeah, do that. Just, it'll be, it'll be right. It'll be right here. <laughs> right here. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, do and like his, his like tee off celebration when he made like a really good punt is he would, he made football fun to watch. Yeah. A punter made football fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Love that guy. Yeah. But uh, keeping with the theme of football, my uh, number four guy, Kyler Murray, you know, quarterback for the for the Cardinals. Okay. Uh, fun fun fact about Kyler Murray: he went to Allen High School. I went to Alito High School, which has made news recently for some not good things. Look it up if you want. Um, but feels like another Is the six A in Texas, and Alito is five A. That we're both like our own type of royalty within our conferences. Like Allen's the winningest, one of the winningest and most successful programs at the moment. And Alito is also the same way. Like we win state almost every year. It's the same way Allen does. And we play each other in like preseason and stuff like that. And so I got to see Kyler Murray play football in high school before he became hot shot Kyler Murray. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, before he went first overall in two different professional sports drafts. Yes, which I still think he made the wrong choice, but you know, another video for another time. Um, all right, number three, dude, I didn't realize ever wore the number one because he's so known for wearing a different number. But Michael Vick, 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 known for lots of things in his life, but mainly besides the fact of having dogs fight each other. He was a outstanding quarterback for the Falcons and again for the Eagles. Um, but after the Eagles, he had a year stint with the Jets and he wore the number one. Because I don't know who was, who was wearing number seven, but someone was wearing number seven. Uh, 2014, I think it was. Um, it's not only who was wearing number seven, but who was wearing number seven and was more important than letting Vic take the number. 2014, was that Mark it's Sanchez? Sanchez? There's no way Sanchez got priority. It's around the same time, man. He was strapped. That would have been post-Farve, right? Yeah. Farve's one-year stint. Yeah. It's around Sanchez. It's a, that's around the Sanchez era. I could be wrong on that. We'll see so when we get to number to seven. take a backseat to bump, butt fumble. Well, you know, Sanchez... I don't know. Whatever. Michael Vick started three games that year, only went one and two. So that was like his last good year was his like second to last year with the Eagles. After that, he was bad. Oh yeah, wins are all a quarterback stat for sure. He, well, yeah, his his stats his stats weren't <laughs> impressive after that year, so it doesn't matter. It was just bad. The last three years of, of his career was like stain on the rest of it. Um. Okay, so my number two. Like I said before, I'm a baseball guy. I'm going to say this name. You're probably going to go, who the heck is that? If anyone else in, that listens to this is a baseball person, hopefully they know the name, Ozzy Albies. Do you know who Ozzy Albies is, Clay? I mean, I read it while researching people who were the number one. Okay, but yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so he's currently the second baseman for the Atlanta Braves, um, and he is a young stud. He's a, he's a young dude. I think he's like 24. Um, but he's been playing since he's been a starter since 20, 
2018, I believe, could be 2017, but he's already been selected as an all-star and won a silver slugger in 2019. And he's he's young. He's like part of a young core that the Braves have on a really, really good team. And he's putting up impressive numbers. He's something like to watch for the future, besides just Ronald Acuna um, on that team. Ozzy Alves is going to have like hopefully a solid future in baseball. Um, and then my my number one favorite number one. I'm going to go with the hometown bias, Elvis Andrews. Do you, do you know who Elvis Andrews is, Clay? Elvis Andrews has played baseball since 2009. Yeah, yeah, he's been he was a shortstop for the Rangers for 12 seasons. He, like, doesn't set any records besides, like, stealing, being caught, stealing bases the most. That's his only record I think he has, <laughs> unfortunately. But he's, like, second or third in a lot of other, like, hits on base, okay. like, a, a bunch of other stuff. He's, like, the last decade, you can't think of the Texas Rangers without thinking of, without having to mention Elvis Andrews, who was just, like, a stable guy that you knew in in big moments could get a hit and drive in a run um like the he was on both of the world series teams um he was like a signature he was like a signature player after that and all the way up until last year really now he's on the athletics but he's probably done after this year i think um but he had a 12-year run and he was he ended up being second in rookie of the year his year um, What's his current batting average? Uh, I think it's like 195. He is not the everyday shortstop for the athletics. He only plays in certain situations. Well, I think I mean, it's just also, against you know, all of baseball's batting average is down this year. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> that's because COVID. Welcome, thank you, COVID. Um, but COVID. yeah, you're going to COVID. <laughs> Elvis Andrews Manfred wants to put the mound back a little bit, so batters having a little extra second or two to think about. Hey, something. that's a whole nother video we can talk about. <laughs> but here's the deal: that gets us into our new topic. New topic. What clay? If there were rules that we could change in sports, or anything we could change in any sport, like what we were we the professional sports czar. Right. Like you were commissioner for a day, basically. We were commissioner for a day of any sport we want to pick or multiple sports or all of sports. I wish that were a thing. That'd be kind of funny. Um, but we talked about this and brought it up as a as a, a idea. I think it's a solid idea. I've got two and a half things I want to hit here. So my first my first one, just in any sport, really just NFL and MLB change the way that reviews work for heaven's sake why isn't everything <laughs> reviewable everything yeah. should be reviewable and this this gets at me especially with baseball in the past several weeks there have been calls made that sometimes have gone to review or it's a play that happened and it's not reviewable for some dumb reason, like it's a judgment call by the umpire. Like, God, it's with the technology we have in today's world, we shouldn't have to be make judgment calls anymore. If it's a Are judgment call, calls the, by umpires and refs in any sport, a judgment call. 
that's the thing. Yeah. And and the thing <laughs> technology exists to get those calls correct. Yeah. So yeah. like so like I think it was last week, Andrew McCutcheon, who's on the Phillies right now, was running from first to second on what was gonna be a double play. Second baseman couldn't reach him, and so he just like lunged for him. Andrew McCutcheon ran in a straight line the entire time. He may have like dodged, but his feet did not move. Like his lower body was on one path. Umpire called him out because he ran out of the base path. Dude, dude was, dude was not close to touching him. Andrew McCutcheon did not change his line. Was in the dirt the whole time, and was called out. And that's not reviewable. Yeah, that's just a judgment call. Mad when stuff like that doesn't get reviewed and corrected, and we get some other garbage calls that go under review for 25 minutes before they finally, you know, come back with, "Oh yeah, we're not going to change anything." Exactly. Like this is something that uh, I so I listen to John Boy uh, Media with talking baseball and and just a lot of the stuff they do. I enjoy their stuff, but he put out a video. The, he's put out videos this year about these bad calls. And just basically said, like, why are they, why do you take the, if you're, like, reviewing the call, you're challenging the call, why is the previous call even a consideration? Like, why is there the view of we upheld hold that call? No, if you're going to challenge it, I should say, okay, we're wiping this play clean, and we're right now going to decide what it is. Yeah. Whatever just the call was does not matter. And I agree with him. Like, it's a, it makes a, he makes a valid point. Why do we have to listen to the call that was made that we're challenging? That's what we're putting into question. That shouldn't even be held in the argument. And so oh, I'm getting mad at this. I got to calm down. Because you still got one and a half more. Okay. That's really, that, was, that was the one and a half. That was the okay. one and a half. I got one left. So with baseball, a big thing right now is pace of play. Okay. Rob Manfred wants to cut pace of play down, and so they're putting all these different initiatives in minor leagues and then in independent leagues to cut those down. Um, one of the big one being talked about right now is the pitch clock, um, having like 20 seconds between each pitch for the pitcher to get the ball back, get in position, and throw the next pitch. The issue is, if you go, Clay, when was the last time you watched a baseball game on TV? Oh, have you watched one this season? Yeah, have you watched one? I watched one this season. Okay. Um, I probably watched a playoff game last year. Okay. So I watch. I try to watch like two or three games a week, and there's usually like five or six. Um, but I try to watch two or three games a week. The amount of time between a pitch and then between two pitches is mainly. I can guarantee you this. Like when the the next game the Brewers have watched part of the game at least, or at least watch watch like just like a five minute clip of someone at bat. The batters walking out of the batter batter's box on every single pitch. <laughs> yep. That alone takes like thirty seconds because the batter's gotta. And listen, I love baseball. I love baseball. Like I'm a Texas Rangers fan. Yeah, I, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. I love Joey Gallo. I, I like. I, I'm loving the Nick Solak right now. Adolis Garcia. They're all great. They're all great. But here's the deal: after every single pitch, every single batter, no matter how good you are, steps out. They adjust their gloves. Sometimes they like put a little bit more dirt on their hands. They take their hats off. They adjust the chains or whatever or their jersey. 
They take forever, and the pitcher is sitting there ready, but the batter is out, is, you know, lean back out of the box, changing or whatever, doing, messing with themselves. The rule I would change, batters have to stay in the box between pitches. Or, like, make it where they can only step out every three pitches. Yeah, something, yeah, something. If they like, if they have to adjust their gloves after a big swing or something like that, sure, adjust it. But like, every when you're sitting there taking a pitch, you don't have to adjust anything. Nothing changed. <laughs> you did it. Sit there, got there, and got set. Sorry, they just. Mm, mm, I'm okay. Um, okay. Okay. What about you, Clay? You're commissioner of a sport for a day. What what changes do you make? I've got one specifically for the NFL and one for all sports. I'm going to take a hockey rule and apply it to everybody because I think it's brilliant. Um, So we'll start with the NFL. For the NFL, I think there should be one time a game what's called an owner's challenge. So the owner, in communication with the coach, right, because the coach is the one who has to throw the flag, they can choose to challenge any play at any point on the clock within two minutes without two minutes reviewable non-reviewable doesn't matter okay but the owner has to donate like fifty thousand dollars to some charity or something so he can do it but it's going to cost him 50k and he can challenge anything he wants at any point in the game but only one time per game huh it's one of those like, hey, why not? Because to your point, everything should be challengeable, but I yeah. also don't want every single play stopped for review. Oh, yeah. Um, but it also, you know, might help a little bit with NFL's PR right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you think about it, like how often are they going to decide? We call it the owner's challenge because it's the owner's money. But really, at the end of the day, the coaches are going to make the decision whether or not to challenge, except yeah. for in Dallas. Um, <laughs> hey, what can you say? But yeah, I mean, it gets some, and maybe the fifty thousand doesn't all go to one charity. Maybe they each have like split five charities or something that they split it up between. But it gets yeah. those charities on national television because during the review, the announcers will talk about what charities are getting the money and all of that. But it just kind of gives you one more. No matter if the coach has already lost all of his challenges type of thing or if he's already mm-hmm. used them all or whatever, mm-hmm. at the cost of $50,000, you can challenge one more play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be and I guess you too. can apply that to baseball if you want, but yeah. I don't know how challenge rules work in baseball to begin with. Uh, it's a little complicated, but <laughs> not like the NFL. You walk get... around with a red flag and you can do it. No, no, no. You get 20 seconds. It used to be 30 and now it's 20. Yeah, they, the, the, the bench coach or the assistant manager is on the phone and like telling you to hold on. Meanwhile, the manager is up on the top step going, hold on, hold on, hold on. Looking back at the guy, hold on. Okay, no, we're good. And then like, we'll go. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's really how it goes. It's a, it's a You're trying to figure out what that awkward silence is. You need to tune into YouTube to see Jake's little clicking finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally what guys do. If like if a guy wants to coast a challenge, they'll sit there and like point at the guy. They'll go, <laughs> and it's it's really funny to see because someone will be like adamant. And you're like, bro, you were out, man. You were yeah. Out. Like everyone yeah. knows you were out. 
And the coach ain't gonna listen to you. You just walk, just walk back, just go, go to the dugout. Right. Who cares? So the next the the rule that I would really do, if I could be czar of all sports and okay. just apply this everywhere. Okay. It's the penalty box. I think it's brilliant. It emphasizes how important those penalties are. Like not only did you do something that harmed your team as a whole, like right now, like the excessive celebration penalty of player dances his way in the end zone or whatever. But all that happens is that like you kick the football off 10 yards further back or 15, whatever it is. Right. It's dumb. That doesn't do anything. No. But if your team had to play five downs of football with only 10 men on the field, now that, that would really set the tone. Dude. So basically in all sports, anytime a penalty should be assessed, replace it instead of giving certain number of yards. Now, just like hockey, if the offense commits the penalty, the play stops, right? Mm -hmm. So if your offensive line holds, that play still doesn't count, but now you're down one person on the field. Now you could sub in another offensive lineman and be down a hands guy or something like instead of you get to choose which player. But still, that guy can't come back in for five plays and you're only playing with 10 guys. Or in baseball, you're only playing with eight guys. You can put just three in the infield and then keep three in the outfield if you want. But you're only playing with eight. Now, baseball, there's not a whole lot of penalties that typically happen, so it's not going to affect no. it as much. There are, there are literally basketball not. would be interesting. Can you imagine playing two minutes of basketball down a player? Yeah. That'd be nuts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's like yeah. basically – Instead of technicals, they get rid of techs and go with the would you but would you like limit it to a certain type of foul? No. Cause like because you gotta think about like football, like holding is the most common foul because it happens literally on every play and they just decide when they want to do it or when it's just super obvious. The point is to stop penalties. You're not gonna stop an offensive lineman from holding. As an as a former offensive lineman, I can tell you that's just not gonna happen. No matter what, what if the risk was that you'd be out there with six players? Okay, okay, it's your By the time rules, your whole offensive line held. <laughs> yeah, I, they figure I, out a way. Yeah, it's your thing. it's your rule. I see you. I see you. Okay. Now, be- obviously, I'm only czar for a day, so I'm sure the NFL would amend it or get rid of it. No, 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 no. It stays. Anymore. It stays forever. It stays for at least it stays a year. forever for a year, at least for a year. Okay, I'd allow some amendments in the first year. Like, hey, let's figure this out. So, like, maybe holding, but, like, still, maybe holding you're only out for one play. Okay. Whereas, you know, pass interference is five plays, and Mm -hmm. an unsportsmanlike conduct is ten. I'd do, I'd be game with that. Easy. Oh, yeah. So, don't be ripping people's face masks off, because you're going to be playing with ten players for ten downs of football. Yeah, don't lunge straight at them either. Right. So I, I think it would improve player safety. It would encourage less penalties in all sports. I mean, your basketball team isn't going to be out there throwing out fouls in the last 10 seconds. If that means now they're playing with three guys on the court, mm-hmm. that doesn't help anything. Dude, no. That would be interesting for sure. It'd be tough with, like like you said, with a sport like baseball where, like, fouls don't happen. Guys just get thrown out. Yeah. Because yeah. umpires don't have our little babies. Um, and think about it what if in soccer a yellow card was all right your team has to play one guy down the rest of the game 
and a red card it or the rest of that half and the red card was the rest of that game and if it's already the second half it's then carries over into the first half of the next game two halves basically kind of like how suspensions work yeah okay because again soccer there's not just a ton of penalties that happen i mean they happen right but they're not like super excessive they're not like every other play like football yeah dude that'd be interesting It'd be right. fun for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Another variation for like football would be like, you remember, oh, who was it? Was it Antonio Brown that tried to get into a fist fight with a corner? Oh, no, no, no. That was OBJ and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. what's his, Josh, Josh Norman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like those guys trying to get in a fist fight. All right, both teams are down a player. You guys are going to leapfrog each other for 100 yards and then you can get back <laughs> on the field. That would be funny. <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent of when, you know, parents used to make siblings hold hands and smile at each other after fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That would All be right, you guys got to leapfrog together. You can fight. That's fine. All right. Or like, they got to do the, they got to do the, the death crawl or whatever. Oh, my gosh. With one on the other's back and go the entire so have, The 50-yard line? Nah, dude. You got to get to the 100. If that dude switch, another the, guy's got to do 100. If that dude in facing the Giants did it, then, you know, the rest of them can do it. Although that probably was on, so it's okay. But what happens when Indominus Sue and Kyler Murray get into a fist fight? Kyler Murray's not going to crawl with Indominus Sue on his One, back. Kyler Murray's smarter than that. So <laughs> I would sure think so. Yeah. Um, he just let him have it. Like, all right, dude. Nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, not my, not my thing. Nope. He'd let his big offensive lineman come in and take care of it. There you go. He'd show him with his arm. That's it. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, those those would be my rules. I think those would be some interesting rule changes. Oh um, sure. I think the football only owners challenge is the most like directly applicable as the game is played now. Oh for Putting sure. Putting the penalty box into all sports would be really difficult. I also think some of the fast paced sports like basketball. Um, would be interesting to have subs like hockey where you just do line changes instead of waiting till a stoppage and play. I'm not that saying would, it would work, but it would be interesting. That would be cool. Maybe for sure. we could do that in like preseason or something. Oh, yeah. Or like the All Star game since no yeah. one takes All Star game seriously in basketball. <laughs> you can make it even more interesting. And in, who is it? Indianapolis or somebody during the NCAA tournament has that like raised court? Or is that the garden? Dude, you're talking to the wrong person. I don't know. There's there's a court out there I've seen where, like, the bench, like, you're sitting high level with the court. Can you imagine line changes having to climb up onto the court? That'd be interesting for sure. Hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to be – that's going to call it for us here in this episode number four of CJ Sports. Comment, let us know. You know, send in a question or something like that. Who's your favorite number one? And if you were to change a rule in any sport for a year, let's say that it has it's sustained for a year, what would you change? Let us know. We'll get back to you. Maybe if you comment something good, we make a comment about it on next episode. You know, or if you have an idea for a segment on a future episode, leave that below. Dude, exactly. We are welcome because literally we're just kind of firing out the hip right now (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, that'll that'll uh, do it for episode four of CJ Sports. See y'all next time. See ya. Pew, pew.